It's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. The Aaron Rodgers Day Eve edition of the Aaron Rodgers Show. I've, I've hung my stocking by the chimney with Big hair. day tomorrow, big day. With the Packers quarterback and reigning NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing what do you do, what, what do you do? Are you you doing your last minute? Aaron, are people supposed to be doing their last minute Aaron Rodgers Day Eve shopping? It, what? Is, yeah, am I getting a bunch of gifts tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. I did get one gift. I saw it wasn't uh, tangible. It was on the internet last night as I was coming back from Tom Crabtree's radio show down in Appleton. It was great, good time down there. Thank you, Tom, and everybody that showed up. The we Puma. Raised, helped raise some money for the uh, JDRF, which is Wonderful. Um, Do you know how much you raised? I, I'm hearing uh, over $6,000. Good job, good effort. So great, Tom, everybody that donated money. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Um, however, um, this is a sidebar. Uh, on the way back from the uh, show, was uh, was told about uh, a rap on the Internet by a young fellow who's having his golden birthday on 12-12-12, and he decided to make a rap out of it. Really? It's worth watching. Forty-second okay. clip on YouTube. I will uh, head over to YouTube and. That was my that first out. gift that I've seen. Nice. Yes. Um, so, it is Aaron Rodgers' day tomorrow. Um, do you get taken to practice in a limo? I mean, is there anything to this at all? I mean, it was a great acknowledgement and everything when we did the press conference, and it was a nice idea that that mm-hmm. one came up with, but. Other than getting teased by your teammates, is there anything actually going to happen? I got a sweet plaque signed by the governor that has, I think, four or five whereases yes. on it. Whereas uh, he is the quarterback of the Packers. Whereas, <laughs> uh, I love that. I in, uh, actually was given a, a, uh, some distinction in California after the Super Bowl, like an Aaron Rodgers day, and went to the Capitol in Sacramento. And, uh, um, and there was about... Ten whereases. So I was a little disappointed. You're that, a little low on whereases. There was only about five whereases on uh, <laughs> on the Wisconsin one. But no, it's a really nice plaque, and uh, I'm I'm real honored by it. I was kind of hoping Mike might give me or us the day off, or maybe a, a vet select day tomorrow. It's kind so, of a big game. Probably though. unlikely. Yeah. yeah, just guessing. Um, something else that you're probably uh, getting some grief about. Uh, you did put the air in Aaron Rodgers on your Lambo leap. Yeah, I was really tired. I was I was going to save this for inside the helmet, but let's let's talk about the touchdown run right away because the touchdown run phenomenal, the Lambo leap not as phenomenal. Yeah, I was I was not committed. You have to be fully committed. Uh, I was about 50-50. Uh, I got in the end zone. My legs were definitely heavy at that point. Uh, if they did that thing they do on ESPN sometimes where they track how many yards you actually run. And the speed, I hope they wouldn't put the speed on there, but maybe the distance that I ran had to be close to 50 yards. That's a long sprint. I haven't been doing a lot of those lately. Uh, Once I scored, I was debating whether or not to jump in the stands. I felt like I might get some grief if I didn't. And as I approached the wall, I could feel like I wasn't going to get a whole lot of lift in my legs and just wanted to make sure I got my arms over the wall um, (laughs) so I didn't totally embarrass myself, only partially. Uh, the fans there did a great job of pulling me up. I appreciated that. That was wonderful. Um, and then uh, I knew that I'm definitely going to take some grief this week, especially Saturday night when they show the highlight video. I'm sure they'll show that, and the guys will be 
hooping and hollering about my uh, lack of athleticism. I actually got a nice text from Charles last night, Woodson, um, just kind of telling me how bad the leap was. That was very nice. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it'll just begin, I'm sure. Mike, Mike Daniels didn't do you any favors. He got about the same height as you. Did he? So you guys are kind of tied. Crabtree was kind of getting after me a little bit yesterday on his radio show. Now, wait a minute. But after his long run, <laughs> it was a, a poor effort. Poor effort by Tom. So, you know, if Jordy or Donald or Greg or James, any of those experts want to talk to me about it, fine. I'll take all the criticism from those right. guys. Um, but uh, Mike the, and Tom probably should keep their comments to themselves. The Lambo leap notwithstanding, and one of our Ask Aaron questions that I've now moved up because you brought this up, uh, Mindy said, sports science from ESPN oh, took, a look at the, t- took a look at Kaepernick and Newton's touchdown runs and both reached a maximum speed of close to 21 miles an hour. Mindy wants to know how fast you thought you were going. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Um, I hope they don't have the uh, that little thing that they, they can do well, on ESPN. Now, but, uh, let's, let's talk about the run, though, because you... One of the things that's important to you is, and, and you're self-deprecating about it, you, but it bothers you that people going way back when didn't respect your athleticism. I mean, that was an athletic play. We can make jokes about the leap, but that was a hell of a play. Can you kind of take us through it, and especially the decision to hold the football out for the last six or seven yards? Yeah, probably not very smart there. Uh, they played two-man, which, you know, two deep covers with man underneath, which... You see leaves, that once in a while these days. Yeah, which leaves the uh, the quarterback uh, unaccounted for. Uh, at the snap, uh, Durant was playing uh, inside of Jermichael, and I think it was about third and four, I want to say. Felt good about uh, just, you know, kind of dotting it to Jermichael and getting five, six yards, getting the first down. So I um, we made a little eye contact and a little check. And um, at the top of his route, uh, he slips. So I was able to, to pull it back uh, barely. Um, and 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 right as I pulled it back, I felt a flash on my left side, uh, which was I think Cliff Avril kind of diving in there, and actually it's moved slightly to my right and was bracing for a sack. Uh, was able to get out of it and and got a little depth. And as I came around the right side, I, I felt uh, you know like I had some space. I knew I had to get to, you know four or five yards for a first down. Knew I had enough room. Took a peek down the field. Didn't see anybody. Um, and as I got to the line of scrimmage, uh, or got to the first down marker, that's when I'm starting to think slide. Uh, in this case, um, I felt zero flashes around me like anybody was close to me, and Durant had actually, Jermichael had gotten up and and uh, and, and ran out and to the right, and, and, and Durant was stuck on him on the sidelines. So I figured I could probably get by him, and after I got by him, then it was, you know, I'm thinking about sliding, but after I got past him, I knew it was around the 10-yard line. Uh, had to try and kick it in a little bit there to get to the end zone. Got to about the four, I think, and then I knew I was going to score, put the football out. And, I, you know, it's kind of ironic and silly. I was talking to Graham on the sidelines on Mike Daniels' touchdown about you got to be careful in this wet weather <laughs> of uh, holding that football out because it's, it's a slick football. And then, sure enough, I am four yards from the end zone. I hold that ball out. Feel good to do that? I mean, first of all, it gave you the lead. I mean, yeah. it was a huge play, but... I mean, you haven't done you, no rushing touchdowns up until right. Now. No, yeah. and and thus, I had a couple of nice ones in preseason, but well, you had count. one that didn't count. Two, uh, two they didn't count. Um, so you got to actually do the discount double check and keep it. Yes. Did you see uh, Rashid Wallace doing it the other day? I did. I love Sheed. 
big sheet. He must, did he learn it from your guy Novak? Or probably he's been doing it like crazy. I wanted to ask you about another run which uh, was also productive, but um, a little bit dangerous. Uh, there was a scramble on third and two in the first quarter, yep. um, and it sure looked. And, and again, I maybe I'm uh, a little more negative about this guy, so maybe I'm saying something that's not accurate. But it sure looked to me like Fairley tried to hit you in the head. Uh, and had some success at it. Take us through that play a little bit. And did you slide late? What, what? Uh, well, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's no, I asking. think I, I. Not only was I sliding, but I was in the sliding body language pretty early there. Once I got past the first down, and um, I felt some contact to my head. I'm not sure who it was from or what part of the body it was, but uh, I was just happy to get the first down and. In a situation like that, you know, I, I've slid at the, at the earliest possible time I could, making sure we got the first down and felt like I gave everybody around me enough time to realize I was sliding. But, um, you know, sometimes you're going to take some contact like that. Matt Matthew had a, had a similar play when he slid and, and Walden and uh, Moses hit him. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes when you slide, you're still going to get uh, get hit. What's um what do you think of the penalty that they called on Sue then later? I mean, I thought you deserved a you deserved a flag on that run, and then is that Sue? Th- is that that's a penalty? He takes two steps and still pushes you, and that's a penalty. It was called a penalty, yeah. Um, what do you think when you watch kind of the combination of a call like that? Some of the calls you don't get, some of the calls that have happened to your defensive teammates. We've talked about. Nick Perry said on Andrew Luck, yet another one of your teammates have one of those calls this week with Morgan Burnett. How do you view kind of what the NFL is trying to do there? I think in, in the case of our defenders, they're erring on the side of safety. and uh, The officials are. The officials are definitely erring on the side of safety. I'm not sure if every one of those hits uh, is accompanied with a fine that gets held up, but uh, they're definitely really trying to to take care of players who aren't able to see the hit coming. Um, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, that's always you know, been a point of emphasis, especially the last four or five years, of making sure um, that we're able to uh, to avoid some of those uh, unnecessary hits. Um, the rule, even when they didn't take care of quarterbacks like they did today, was always uh, one step. You get one step right. and get the hit. I think uh, there might be a misnomer that a late push is not as, uh, you know, not as unnecessary as a a, a late uh, tackle. But um, you know, Tony Granty obviously thought that it was unnecessary roughness. Um, we talked about your runs. Let's talk a little bit about the non-Aaron Rodgers runs. Now, no one is turning you into a game manager here, which I know you don't like that term, um, and the. Mike McCarthy said it. We've all talked about how this offense is quarterback-driven, but what would it mean to your offense, and how would it change the dynamic if you guys have stumbled onto something here with your kind of three-headed monster in the backfield? Well, I think, you know, it's kind of wait and see. It, you know, how much impact are the last two weeks going to have on a Chicago team that likes to play a lot of two-high split safety defenses? Um, and Chicago played a lot of one-high against Minnesota, um, last week, you know, but uh, Peterson obviously has been having a big time right. season. Is on, you know, is is not out of the realm of possibility of getting 2,000 yards, which has only happened, I believe, five or six times now. Eric Dickerson, OJ, 
Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, Jamal Lewis. Am I forgetting somebody? Chris Johnson. So I'm six not times. The, I'm not the genius on this show. I think okay? it's six times, yeah. So can, somebody can you correct give me. Kevin this... Mitchell's statistics right away, too, while you're sitting there? What year? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sonoma County Crushers here? Um <laughs> But no, I think you know it, it's three different types of backs. You know, uh, it's great having Ryan Grant back. I'm gonna start with him. You know, just his presence in the locker room. Uh, he's a great teammate. He has always run well in the winter time here. I think that's one thing you can really say about his career. He ran just as hard, uh, you know, in week 16, 17 as he did in week one and two uh, when he was our full-time guy. Alex Green had some real nice runs. I thought he he, uh, he showed good patience and uh, and good burst, and he's he's always been a guy who's been able to uh, make some yards after contact. And then the wild card is really uh, is really Harris. You know, I think... Uh, you were in on him early, as you sometimes are with Yeah, guys. I'm not going to be uh, taking credit as the only guy. I think everybody... Um, Everybody was impressed with him uh, in the practice squad. And that's the best thing I can say about about Dewan is that um, it's fun, you know, especially when I was a young player and run the, the scout team, it's fun when you see a guy who comes in uh, and there's really no expectations on him, and he he's on the practice squad running the other team's stuff, and he just works his butt off. And you see the talent, and then he gets an opportunity and gets raised up to the active roster and gets a chance to play and play as well. Uh, that to me is what the NFL is all about is making the most of your opportunities when they come and some guys get more than others um, but you know Dewan is, is a guy who doesn't you know would not be somebody who's going to get a ton of opportunities this was an opportunity for him and he made the most of it so I got to give him a lot of credit for being ready to play but the fact is he's very talented I mean he's a very talented guy he has uh, very good agility of uh, jump cut ability he's fast he's got a very powerful lower body um he ran you know ran over the safety on the first play of the game which i don't think anybody expected uh and then had a nice run on the touchdown it was you know pretty pretty well blocked but uh but he can be a guy who can add a little something to our offense he needs to get in his playbook a little more and uh you know, understand all the concepts. He's, but he's, you know, he just got activated to the roster last week. So, or this was his second game. So, um, he could be a guy who could see some more playing time down the road. But um, I think you gotta, you gotta make sure all three guys are getting touches. Does it help that they are different styles? And and what challenge does Dewan face when he's? I mean, he's five foot seven, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not a big guy. Well, how hard is that to be productive in this league when you're? that size of a guy well there's some guys doing it they really are i mean mjd is uh right. you know is, is an undersized guy who's very powerful and, and he's one of the top backs in the league uh ray rice is on the is on the smaller side and um darren sproles has had a great career being uh, an undersized guy who's made a living uh, as a return specialist and um you know he's run the, he runs the ball effectively and he's incredible you know out of the backfield catching the ball so there's there's definitely a place for for guys like the one and I think you know now is when you're going to see what kind of player he is and um, you know how much how much does it mean to him uh, the preparation and making sure he knows what he's doing because uh, again he's going to get a few opportunities and um, he's going to want to make the most of them. Um, just doubling back because I I guess I didn't realize this. Did you did fairly take you down by the neck too? Did I miss that one? Was there a play after a throw that you'd had or something? Yeah, later in the game. Okay. Uh, was that a painful scenario? Yeah. There was no call on that one, though, was there? Not that I remember. Okay. Um, 
another thing that I wanted to address with the running game, um, you talked about what what impact it might have on the on the Bears. What impact does it have on a quarterback when he's handing off seven times in a row and the ball ends up in the end zone? That has to be a nice change of pace. I don't remember you guys having an 11-minute drive like you had two weeks ago against the Vikings during your time here, and I don't remember a non-four-minute drill situation where you've run the ball every play and it ended up in a touchdown. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off of me and – you know, I think the biggest thing you can do for the passing game is is help the play action stuff, and we've been featuring a little bit more of that lately. And we've we've been a good play action team here uh, for the last five years, um, and that's something that we uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna use, and it, it can be more effective uh, if we're running the ball better. So, the more you run the ball, the the more opportunities you're gonna have for some some one high coverages, and as long as you run it effectively, and, and you can get some of that play action stuff in there as well. So you see the the teams that run it best. In the league, usually have a really good play action game. Um, you think about, uh, you know, obviously Houston and uh, the Patriots been running the ball well. Tom's right. Tom's always been good at his ball handling. Um, you know, those teams are able to get after you in the play action game, like we saw last night. If you watched the game, what did you? Um, let's talk about last night's game a little bit. What'd you think? Because you know, you guys didn't have a great night on a Sunday night game against a conference rival, playoff contender. Obviously, things did not go very well for the Texans last night against the Patriots. Is that indicative of the parity in our league? Is it an issue of sometimes it's just not your night? How do you kind of view that? I think, first of all, it's tough to win on the road. I mean, it is. This is um, it's just the nature of the league. For whatever reason, I think there's there's multiple reasons, but um, those collectively make it very difficult to, to win on the road. The, the opposing team is a half step quicker than you. The crowd is a factor. Um, the uh, sleeping in your own bed uh, for the week and not traveling has got to be a has got to be a factor. All those things combined, I think, give you that extra little advantage and make it more difficult to win on the road. Um, and and that being said, Tom's playing really well. I mean, he's playing at an MVP level. Um, he's got to be probably the favorite right now. Uh, I think they're uh, they're a very very well coached team, very good good football team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. And uh, when their defense is playing good and causing turnovers, um, that can be uh, that can be deadly for the other team. How do you feel about where your team is now? You get the W, obviously. You're now nine and four. You're in sole possession of first place. You can go down to Chicago, and if you can beat the Bears, who are certainly a challenging team, you can lock up the division. You know, you look back on what you went through in the first five weeks. I'd say that is pretty indicative of some resilience from your team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of people probably didn't think this was, uh, yeah, this was possible. If you're looking at, you know, where the Bears were at early in the season at seven one at one point, and you know we were at two and three at one point. A lot of a lot of people started writing us off and saying that we weren't going to be able to bounce back from this. The schedule was too tough down the road, um, and we stuck together and believed in each other. And now we have the opportunity to uh, to win a division on Sunday in a tough environment, but a place that. Uh, yeah, we've played well out the last couple of years, and um, it's, a, it's a very good opponent. We know each other too well, and have had a lot of battles, especially the last you know three or four years that have been that have been tight games. So, 
But uh, I think it says a lot about the leadership that we have on the team and and the kind of guys we have with the injuries that we've that we've sustained. And the thing I like about it most is that nobody's talking about us. Uh, you know, last night really helps because even more teams be talking about New England. Right. Um, and then on the flip side, what's wrong with Houston? You know, people. Oh, you know. <laughs> You know, hopefully Houston reminds everybody, hey, we're 11-2. and two. We're first in our division. We're first in the AFC. But didn't you feel that a little bit? I mean, couldn't you get that sense after the Giants game that you guys had won five in a row and then suddenly people were kind of writing you off again? Oh, look at this. Look at the way they played against the Giants. And you kind of dig that. Yeah, I do. I, I, I've always digged the, the critics, you know, voicing their opinions at the, uh, you know, the most opportune of times um, and the safest times usually for those critics um, and we we appreciate that and, and then, you know like I said people are talking about other teams right now and that's uh, that's what we like we like to fly on the radar and um, obviously we're not completely flying on the radar we're in right. the third position right now but uh, you know I think when we get our, our you know Clay and Charles and um, Jordy back Mike Neal you know some of these guys TJ, TJ, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. You um, you feel like I know you're always cautious. You don't want to be letting injury news out of the bag, but do you feel like those guys, you might have them all this week. And what would that mean if you did? It would mean we'd be close to full strength for you know the first time in a long time. We haven't had, uh, I don't think we've had Jordy and Greg on the field um, in a while, maybe. Early in the season, well, I think Jordy was on the field briefly when Greg returned, and then yeah, off other, he went. other than that, yeah, you know, yeah, it's been it's been a while. Greg so. missed seven games in yep. a row, so it's uh it's been it's been a struggle at times to uh, you know to get everybody on the field, but you know, like I said, this off season and early in training camp, the most important thing is how you're playing late in the season, and we want to continue to to gain momentum as we go into the playoffs and. Get there first, and then gain that momentum, and um, be playing the right way, and be healthy. A couple of uh, non-Packers topics before we get to the D-list question and halftime. First of all, uh, former NFL Commissioner Paul Tagliabue vacates all the suspensions of the Saints players. What does that mean? It means that they don't have to serve retroactive. Uh, retroactive. I guess you get your money the back. The season, they get their money back. Anthony Hargrove. It's not doing Anthony Hargrove any good. Yeah. Um, Overall, I, I, basically the message was that it's the fault of the coaches and the organization and not the players, I think, is the way it came off. Did you have any thoughts as someone who may or may not have been targeted in that first game in uh, 2011? Well, I mean, I think that uh, having commissioner, former Commissioner Tagliabue was probably a good thing, an outside voice ruling on that. and um, I'm going to trust, trust the process there and trust the – you know, I guess it, the only blurb I saw, and I was just when I was walking in here earlier, was uh, something about uh, the cross examinations was important to the the players being able to uh, to win the appeal. And um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as um, the guys who actually served their suspensions, how that all shakes out. Do you think it's enough of a deterrent, even with the way this played out in the end? that we won't see this happen in the league again or do you have your reservations no i think it's it's you know it's not going to be uh it's not going to be an issue anymore you know the other story obviously from over the weekend is the situation in dallas 
um, with the death of one of their practice squad players at the alleged hands of a drunk driving teammate. Um, I know that Green Bay is not one of the big cities, but they have alcohol here. There's trouble if you can find it here. Mm-hmm. What does the team do to you know, kind of help keep guys from making that mistake? Is there, if you go out with your buddies, is there a number you can call to get a ride? What kind of things are in place with the Packers there? Yeah, we all get a card, the Safe Ride Program card. We can call. It's anonymous. If you're uh, you've had too much to drink, or you're, um, you know, you're, you're having some issues, even if your car breaks down, you can call this number and get a ride. Um, I'm not sure how many guys actually use it. I know a few guys have used it, but uh, um, you know, it's 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 an option there. Um, yeah, it's it's a tragedy down there, it really is, especially because these two guys are really close. You know, they played. I think they played college played ball together, together. In Illinois. Yeah. Um, so that's it's a very sad situation for all parties involved. And you know, our, I know our thoughts and prayers are with the you know the Dallas, the Dallas guys and their fans. And um, yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. But uh, you know, it's it's an it's an unfortunate deal. Do you after what's happened each of the last two weeks? And obviously, they're very different stories. And I'm not comparing them mm-hmm. on their face, but. In each instance, a guy who was in your locker room the week before is dead. Um, did you find yourself, as those stories unfolded, thinking about, oh, I can't imagine what that would be like if I had to go through that? For sure. I mean, that's, I think that's human nature, right? That you think about uh, how difficult that would be uh, because you, you spend time with these guys and you're with them the majority of your of your days during the week and you travel with them and you uh, you play you know play on Sundays with them. Um, that would be really difficult, I think, and um, and the, my heart goes out to both those organizations. Um, not something that you want to ever ever have to deal with. Right. Um, we'll uh, we'll look ahead to the Bears and we'll do inside the helmet after halftime. Our question from our D list guys, and uh, we thank them for actually asking what I think is a good question, so they don't wreck the show again. You are a big Will Ferrell guy, and lo and behold, lo- Will Ferrell is at the game on Sunday night. hey Now, did you have a chance to talk or interact with him? What did you think of his mustache? And what is your favorite Will Ferrell character or moment of his career? Good question. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I'm bummed out by that. I got to actually see him at the Spike TV Awards this summer. Uh, which was fun. I got to meet like four of my favorite funny guys: Ed Helms, who plays on The Office; Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, and and Will. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. A huge Will Ferrell fan. I mean, anytime Anchorman's on, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into that. That's one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Um, my favorite Will Ferrell movie. By the way, I love the mustache. Excellent, incredible. Uh, my favorite Will Ferrell movie. You're gonna be surprised by this. I said this last night. On Krabby's uh, radio show, and I don't know if anybody actually has seen this movie. Most people think it's a terrible movie or they've heard it's bad. I absolutely love it. It's one of my top five all-time favorite movies. Wow, that's high praise. Land of the Lost. It's a genius comedy. It's hilarious. Will Ferrell. Really? Yes. I love it. Now, wait, because he's had such... He's a, yeah, he's great in old school. He's great in Anchorman, obviously. Um, I love him in Zoolander. I think he plays a great role in that movie. Um, he's he's an incredible actor. I mean, he's, he's you know his ability. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in Wedding Crashers uh, as as Chaz. <laughs> I mean, he's an Bob inc- the Meatloaf. Yeah, 
Uh, he's iconic for his humor. But I just I think Land of Lost is a genius movie. That the the subtlety of the humor is incredible. And if you, if you listen closely to what he says, I mean, every line is is amazing. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, that movie, and not many people have seen it or even probably like it. But, so you're uh, putting it in the class with The Princess Bride, Tombstone. So that so we now know three of the top five. What else? What are the other two in the top in the Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, it's kind of Cisco and it Ebert changes top five. from time to time, but I'd say uh, you'd have to put uh, Legends of the Fall probably in there. Okay. Very good movie. It's yeah. a brother movie, so when you know, okay. there's three I, brothers I in, that, in that movie, and obviously me and my two brothers, um, and a river runs through it. It's got to be right okay. up there. And an interesting amalgam of movies there. Um, Life Aquatic, if you've seen that one, I have. That's in the top ten as well. Incredible. Again, subtle. You a Bill Murray guy? Dry humor. Huge Bill Murray. I love What About Bob, The Man Who Knew Too Little. Do you have any interaction with him and all your uh No, I, you know, he's the one guy I wanted to see at uh, at Pebble Beach when I got to play right. in that event. Uh, didn't get to see him, but I'm a huge Those are two uh, Saturday Night Live alumni. If we ever do get to see you on Saturday Night Live, can you lobby to get both those guys to have I like cameos? I would definitely lobby real hard. <laughs> We will. Uh, we are at halftime here on the Aaron Rodgers Show. When we uh, get into the second half, we will talk about our inside the helmet plays. We'll look ahead to the Bears, and we will get to your Ask Aaron questions. That's all next. This is Green and Gold today. Oh, or the Aaron Rodgers Show. Welcome back to whatever the heck this show. Back is on called. Green and Gold today, huh? <laughs> Jeez, because you're wearing that stupid Texas sweatshirt. I don't think that's the problem. Uh, it's part of it. I've got all short shorts. Yeah, but they're not short today. Come yeah, on, might be the short shorts. Um, you've made me self-conscious on that. Now I had to go out and buy more shorts. Good. Yeah. Well, you're making a difference. You got one. the kids large now. Say <laughs> the kids medium. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's go inside the helmet and stop talking about me. Oh yeah. Um, let's uh, let's start with the negative play because this doesn't happen very often. Um, the sack fumble on the first drive because you, I mean, you've been. About as good as it gets at not having that happen. What what happened on that one? Yeah, we had a full play action with uh, some some routes that went in the end zone on both sides. I just came off the fake, felt some immediate pressure, where I had to step up the field. And as I step up the field, there's we call it the dead zone. When you're uh, trying to get out of the pocket, you got to kind of get your hips and shoulders around. So I literally just stepped up the pocket and was moving to my right uh, and got hit. And uh, you know, obviously fumbled, and they recovered. Uh, it's frustrating to turn, but right on the right on the football, and uh, unfortunately the ball came out. So takes points off the board. It's unacceptable, and uh, try and do better next time. That's a that's a tough deal when you're in the red zone. Um, you guys have been great in the red zone all year, but the last couple games it hasn't been where you probably want it to be. What's what's going on there? Yeah, we, we've had uh, too many penalties. You know, we put ourselves in um, situations where the touchdown percentage is very low. I mean, we've had uh, some some poor poor third down down in distances and tough to convert those. The windows are very small. The more um, the more yardage that you need to gain for a first down, the you know the more difficult it is to convert those. So um, we always want to end the drive with a kick. We like to say, you know, whether an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. And uh, when you're faced with long yardage situations like that, um, yeah, you don't want to take a ton of chances. So you know, kicking a field goal is often the best uh, 
the best remedy. Mason made a couple big ones for us, uh, especially the the late one uh, to put us up ten, and um, we we're able to get a couple of those. There's only been eight times in your career, including Sunday night, where you did not throw at least one touchdown pass. So it's a little strange to ask about some non-touchdown throws, but I did want to ask, first of all, about Randall Cobb's reception, the one-handed catch Mm -hmm. that he had on the sideline. Take us through that one. Yeah, that was a full play action there where we uh, faking one of our favorite runs and just a a combo route to to his side. He was running the corner and... uh, I think we had uh, Greg coming, uh, or we had, maybe it was James coming on the backside on a in-breaking route. Uh, came off the fake and had a good idea that I was going to go to Randall. Um, because the wind, uh, it felt like it was blowing uh, from the south uh, to the north, um, based on the snowfall. Um, which kind of, I kind of told myself on the sideline just to put just an extra. An extra little bit into any throw going, uh, you know, as the press box looked down from the left to the right, um, for obviously coming from the north to the south into the wind, and put a little extra on it. And uh, when the ball was close to him, I felt like I'd overthrown it, but he made a really nice reception. One of those situations where you couldn't tell whether he got both feet down or not, and, and I don't know if the sideline was very clear, so I wanted to come up and run a play very quickly. Um, although he was giving me a thumbs up, uh, there's been times where a receiver has thought he's caught a pass, and uh, and right. and eventually had been a. We didn't, you know, do a quick play to make the coach decide whether or not to challenge it quickly, and um, should have just trusted Randall, you know, that he uh, that he made the, made the play because the next play was an incomplete pass, and uh, but that was a big play for us. So what? But you're all right. So you're going through that after he catches it. We all saw you hustle everybody up to the line, but then you didn't snap it really quickly. I mean, what happened in between there? Because well, whatever gan- advantage well, you had, yeah, I glanced over the bench, and and usually you can tell if a coach is thinking about challenging. Oh, so okay. I glanced over there and didn't see anything that made me think he must challenge it. Got some affirmation that he caught it in my helmet, and uh, then tried to get us in a good situation, good play. Okay, uh, the other play was on the field goal drive to make it 27-17 third and 11 from your own 36 and you hit Randall for 38 yards. Yeah we had a just a quick pass called in the huddle and expected them to play um, either their their, either their two eye coverages uh, you know more of a Tampa 2 defense or or where they're kind of matching routes underneath a little more and not sending the mic down the middle and they came out in a three man line which meant they were playing uh, we call it a Zeke coverage where they're dropping eight guys, um, and they play it one or two ways. But either way, there's going to be some, um, you know, some guys getting out of there with some depth that change the route to uh, to something that could have got us uh, a first down there. Knew I was probably going to have to buy some time. Anytime you're facing a three-man rush and you want to let your receivers get past the first down, you got to extend the play with your legs a little bit. Was able to do that. The line did a good job of blocking, and Randall made a good second adjustment there. Thought he might score on that one. Was kind of hoping he was gonna gonna elude one more guy and, and uh, get that thing in the end zone. But he made a great catch and run and put us in position to uh, to go up two scores. We've talked a lot about Randall on this show, and he's obviously really emerged this season. He had another hundred yard game. He has your trust. It also seems like he he is getting targeted more and more now. Is that because he's higher up on the food chain and he's you know the first or second receiver on your progressions or? Do you look to him a little bit more than you have? That's because he gets open. Yeah, you know, I've always 
said and reiterated, and I think the film bears out, I'm going to throw it to the guy that's open more times than not and, and go through my progressions and look for those matchups. And he uh, has been getting open a bunch. And, and therefore the ball's coming his way, and he's making the most of those opportunities. Now we do some things to put him in position to be number one in the progression, um, you know, because he has been playing really well. But, uh, you know, when there's... Uh, you know, when there's a pure progression read, he's more times than not the guy that's getting open consistently. So he's beginning the ball coming his way, and he's making the most of it. So you gotta, you got to have confidence in him. I went uh, back. I was looking at the statistics last night, and last year you had 46 pass plays of 25 yards or more, which obviously Randall's, the last catch we talked about, would qualify. This year you have 23. If you have Jordy back, if your running game gets going, You've got Greg kind of working his way back into shape here, and obviously Randall has emerged, and James Jones has played well for you. Um, you see that number spiking in the last three games? I don't know. I mean, uh, not necessarily, I don't think, because a lot of that is due to the type of coverages we're seeing. Right. You know, in order to get a 25-yard gain, the way teams are playing us, we got to have a um, you know a scramble or a, a catch and breaking a couple tackles. Uh, that's kind of just been how the way it's been going we haven't seen a lot of one-on-one coverages the last team to really come up and challenge us we had a big night on our, our best night of the season and i'm tired of talking about it so i didn't want to bring up that team who that team was but um we're not seeing uh, a lot of uh, teams challenge us and because of that we've had to adjust some of the things that we're doing and i've said it in my post-game conference the last couple mm-hmm. weeks um don't look for this offense to be uh, the flashy offense that you saw last year. I, don't, I just don't think that uh, with the personnel that we have um, and and the way teams are playing us, you're going to see you're going to see that same kind of thing. Teams challenged us more last year. Um, we you know we probably ran the ball a little more consistently throughout the season last right. year. Um, at least it felt that way. And this year we've seen a lot of a lot of two shell coverages and. Um, it's been uh, it's been more uh, methodical drives. So it's not flashy, but it's still a winning offense. Oh, for sure, for sure. And 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 that's how the, do you think you've adjusted? Well, the that's my bi- question. The biggest thing is 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 winning the games. And I said that after the game. Um, that's the most important thing. We've you know we've put up a ton of numbers here uh, individually and as a team collectively on offense, um, and those are all fine and, and and great. But the most important thing is wins and championships and. Um, it doesn't matter how you're doing it. It's it's at the end of the day, that's how you're going to get uh, ranked and 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 slated in the playoffs, and that's how you're going to get remembered, especially in a place like Green Bay is for winning championships. So you can win. You know, we we set the record last year for most regular season wins, and that was great. And we lost in the playoffs, and that's what people remember. So we want to put ourselves in a position uh, to to be in the playoffs and make a run. And however we get the job done. Um, if you look at the run from 2010, I mean, we had a big running game against Philly. We um, exploded in the passing game against Atlanta. Um, defense played great against Chicago. It was kind of one of those ugly wins. And then in the Super Bowl, we moved the ball pretty effectively through the air. So it's it's not it's not always going to be, um, you know, throwing 350 yards a game or, you know, being super flashy and throwing the ball over the place. Um, but uh, it's whatever it takes to win. Let's look ahead to the Bears. Now, one of the interesting things that I've learned from doing the show with you is that I i guess I always just assumed Bears equals Tampa 2, Bears equals cover 2. They're always going to have two safeties back. But you had said that in some of your previous matchups with them, they'd actually played more one high than you would think for a team with that reputation. Now, what was it like in the first meeting, 
And, Tampa two, pretty much the whole yeah, game. <laughs> and, but but I'm right, right? You've said that before that they, they had kind of gone away from that against you guys for a while. At times, yeah, yeah. Especially late in the season, they played uh, it's more balance of two and, and one high safety. So, but not not uh, in week two and not this week. You're guessing. I, I mean, I don't know. Last year they played uh, they played some one high stuff against us. We got after them pretty good passing the yeah. ball. So I'm not sure. That'll be the same, you know. Brian, Brian's going to be out. I'm guessing uh, Brian Erlacher, and uh, I'm not sure what Tim Jennings' status will be. So that'll probably have an impact on how they want to call the game. But uh, yeah, it's a tough opponent. It's it's again, it's all about for us passing the ball, protection, and the run game blocking them up. I, I think uh, you know whether you're a Packer fan or a Bear fan, uh, to have the privilege to watch Lance Briggs play for the last eight years is impressive, and I think he's a guy. Who has a legit shot of being a Hall of Famer? Um, I think he does. The, the the stuff that the numbers he's put up in his career, the Pro Bowls, um, and he's still doing it at a really high level. Uh, so you got to respect his game. He's a guy you got to account for every play. Obviously, Brian when he's out there. Um, Julius Peppers is still one of the best athletes in the league. I think they've gotten uh, better inside. You know, I think um, you know Henry Melton's had a good season. Israel is is a very stout uh, defensive end. Uh, opposite of Julius, they're playing some other guys there as well. Tim Jennings having a big time year. I think he's still leading the league in interceptions. Charles Tillman was considered early on defensive player of the year. Um, he's you know I think he gets better almost every year. I mean he's incredible at stripping the football and he's got very good ball skills. Their safeties are playing very well. I think Major Wright and Chris Connie are both doing a good job. This is a defense across the board that you, you know you respect and, and they're playing at a, at a really high level. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, how their injuries affect uh, the way they call the game. But uh, we're going down there knowing it's going to be a 60-minute game. That's how most of the games are down there. And we're going to have to play uh, play good in the beginning uh, to kind of take the crowd out of it and then withstand. There's always a surge from them, whether it's in the third quarter uh, or fourth quarter, where um, the crowd gets back into it or, or gets really loud. Or, you know, and, and if we can start the game fast and then kind of withstand that surge, it's going to come at some point. For whatever reason, it's coming the third or fourth quarter. Last couple of times we've played down there, uh, then we're going to be okay. You like playing against Erlacher. You guys have a good relationship, but you got to be happy that he's not playing, right? I mean, it, it makes your life a little bit easier to have a future Hall of Famer not playing in the game, or are you disappointed because you like? I'm competing? disappointed. I, I like I like him being out there. Uh, I, I enjoy the competition with him. Um, yeah, it's it's a competitive rivalry that that exists. Between our teams and between him and I individually, I enjoy the um, the banter back and forth, and enjoy the way he plays the game. I think he plays the game hard within the rules, and and uh, and he's a heck of a competitor uh, who's picked me off a couple too many times. But uh, <laughs> but no, I wish him wish him the best. Hope he you know gets healthy, and uh, he's been playing really well this year. So that uh, that's impressive to see because he's been around for a while. Last thing about the Bears, the environment going down there. You know the weather. Get a snow game at your place this week, obviously. Um, I don't know if you've ever been colder than standing on the sideline during that 2007 game. Have you been colder than that? No, I haven't. That was bad. Miserable. Yeah. Um, how much do you have to 
check the weather report when you guys are building your game plan. Well, I checked it Monday. I checked it. Uh, I checked it yesterday. I checked it today. That's one of the first things I do. <laughs> What's it going to be like down <laughs> down in Chicago? Because when you, when the schedule comes out, I mean, and I've said this before on the show, when the schedule comes out, one of the first things I look at is when we're playing Chicago at Chicago, because you're kind of hoping for that early early season game because the weather is is uh, is often a factor. I still remember, you know, when we played there in 2008, the night before the game we're at the hotel, and it it was 40 below zero with the wind, the wind chill. It was unbelievable, and I was just praying, like, please, God, don't make it 40 below zero tomorrow. And it was like negative 15 or whatever, negative 11, whatever. They, they, I remember in the fourth quarter they, they put up the temperature on the board. And Oh, that's right. You guys had back-to-back really cold games because Favre in 2007 and then you in 2008. Yeah. Ugh. Those are rough ones. So. What's the forecast now, there, uh, weatherman? It's, yeah, it's it's overcast and a low in the 30s. It said uh, this morning, so manageable. Yes, good noon for- noon game helps. Right, noon game. Just what I was Hopefully, say. <laughs> you never know. Um, let's uh, let's get to the Ask Aaron questions here on the Aaron Rodgers Show. Uh, I I got to be honest with you, I have gotten no less than 15 variations on this. Why were you wearing a thong? during the game. There's a picture out on the internet. I will admit that it does appear that your undergarment of choice is something that would not be what I would expect, but that is not, in fact, what you're wearing, I'm assuming? Of course not. (laughs) You show me the picture before we started the show, and and that's ridiculous, absolutely. (laughs) I was wearing three layers up top. Maybe you lost a bet. I don't know. Three layers up top and a, uh, a couple down below. I wear... Do I have to talk about what my undergarments are? <laughs> so it's a shirt that's tucked in. Yeah, I was trying to tuck. You know, it, it helps with the with the the cold when you tuck in. I mean, all three of those shirts were were tried to be tucked in. I guess only one was well, staying out when I was some, getting somebody was pulling it rassled to the ground. Yeah. There, yeah. Um, do you care about stuff like that? I mean, when you see that kind I of stuff, I laugh at it. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you saw. I was like, yeah, I silly. I know how you reacted with me, but it's I'm silly. just asking. Yeah. Uh, Two questions that were roughly the same. I don't. I haven't watched with the audio on the replay of the game, so I don't know if this was referenced. But both Heather and Sarah uh, separately asking a variation of the question. It sounds like Aaron has nicknames for all of his teammates. Do they have a nickname for him? I don't know what the fact that two people asked that. I don't know what the genesis of it was. But. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything. Special, the guys call me. I mean, A Rod or A Raj has kind of been my over twenty-one nickname. You know? Given given the way things have gone for the other A Rod recently uh, with his team and with his role with the Yankees, have you do you get claim to that or? Yeah, I'm kind of bringing it back. <laughs> Andy Roddick is, you know, I think is retiring. That's another. There was. Did he go by that too? I yeah. guess I. Wow. Okay. Just trying to keep it relevant there. Oh, good work. Uh, Craig says, uh, what did you think about playing in the snow? And he is a Minnesota resident, so his games are in a dome when he watches them. Uh, is it? Do you like watching them on TV when it's snowy, and how much fun is it to play? And you've always said that it's the wind that's the issue. So is the, the snow is the, an issue? The snow is an issue, yeah, because the, um, the field uh, is obviously wet. So when the ball... Um, you know, is resting before the snap. It obviously picks up some of that moisture and makes it a little more difficult to throw. 
the snow is obviously better than the rain, which does uh, you know does more to the football to make it difficult to throw. Wind is the worst. Wind is is the worst, then rain, and then snow. Um, so it's third worst on the list there, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't too difficult, but it did uh, did affect it. I mean, you saw uh, with Matthew when he. Um, you know, ball slipped out of his hands. It happened to me against Detroit, I believe, in 2008 or nine. I think it was eight. No, I think it was nine. 2009 at home. I defer to you on these. Yeah, it was nine. Um, that I mean, that, that's happened before. The ball gets very slick when it's cold, um, and and then a cold and uh, and snowy, you know, snowy football makes for an even more difficult thing. But uh, yeah, we were able to, to manage it and complete some passes. AC, who's a teacher in Appleton, asks, my students want to know, in honor of Aaron Rodgers Day, do they still have to come to school? <laughs> yeah, stay in school, if you have, kids. Come if, on. If you have to go to work, they have to go to work, Be right? cool. Stay in school. Listen to you. Uh, you're a walking public service announcement. This is from Hans. I certainly wouldn't want you to reveal too much strategy. but I it, won't. We know you won't. Is the team using specific running backs in certain situations? Or is the decision of who gets the ball mostly subject to a fixed rotation in the backfield? To, to turn that a little bit, isn't that something you have to be careful about as a play caller? Or I mean, you call some plays too, obviously. Do you have to be careful to uh, to not develop a pattern where they can say, okay, this guy's in the game, so this is what's going to happen? Oh, for sure. And that's that's kind of what I told Dewan after the game. So you got to start learn some of these protections so that every right. time you're in the game and the team doesn't know it's it's a run. Um, we had, I think, one or two maybe where Dewan was in there where he was running a route. But, um, but that's – and that's – the potential expansion of his role, if he can, you know, do some more stuff uh, in the passing game. But um, I think it's it's kind of a feel thing. Alex is probably going to get the, uh, the, you know, the the starter reps at back. But uh, you know, every team is using the majority of teams using one or two guys, and and we have the luxury of having uh, having three guys that can carry it. Katie says WGN in Chicago has been playing the Imperial March from Star Wars during Packers highlights this week. Which Star Wars character would you want to be? Han Solo. Uh, Are you a Star Wars guy? Of course. It's not in the top five, but no. You're... The third one's the best. I love the the Ewoks being in there. Um, okay, so the third one, which is technically the Return sixth of the one? Jedi, the third one, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the third one of my childhood, which is right now the sixth of my adulthood. Um, yeah, Han Solo, man, he's he's the best. A couple of uh, questions that are somewhat related from Brad and Greg. Brad asks. Uh, do you take part in any Wisconsin winter activities like snowmobiling, ice fishing, the polar bear plunge? And then Greg independently asked, do you find yourself having to be perpetually cautious with a lot of the little things in everyday life to avoid injuries such as a paper cut that could affect your game? What about playing basketball, motorcycles? Is there language in your contract? I'm guessing... Those are two good questions. Yeah, and and they're a little bit connected. I mean, take us through each of those. I'll kind of start with the first one. Uh, I'd like to say to uh, whoever was riding these snowmobiles at about 6.30 in the morning, uh, Monday morning, uh, I didn't really appreciate that. Uh, it was very loud. and uh, Late I night, think the were, night before, too. I think you were going uh, over the speed limit, so I, I would like to say that. Um, have not tried that. That's not something I'm, I'm high on my list. Not that it doesn't look fun, because it looks a lot of fun. But uh, I wouldn't know if I would trust myself on one of those things. It's too much power, and it's snow. Uh, too many things can go wrong, uh, in, in my opinion. One thing I do want to uh, try before I'm done and um, is ice fishing. 
I would like to do that. I'm a, a fan of uh, Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier <laughs> Old Men, two very good movies in my opinion. Uh, I, I love the banter between uh, Jack Lemmon and um, Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau, yeah, very good, uh, good films. Who's so, in Who's in your ice fishing shanty if you go? Tom Crabtree gets to go with you. Tausch, Coon, and Cliffy. I hope the ice is thick. <laughs> Oh, boom, boom, ching. Let me do the second part of that question. Yeah. The second part of the question. Was, uh, uh, language of the contract. Uh, basically, you don't want to get hurt uh, in an activity outside of football because uh, there could uh, there could be some ramifications. Now, have you seen what di- as you've seen with different guys, Terrell Suggs, for instance, right. uh, Jason Peters with the Eagles. Um, most teams, uh, you know, with a with a marquee player, are probably not going to. You know, cut him or terminate his contract, uh, but uh, it's it's just, it's always best to err on the side of caution. The, it's it's funny about paper cuts because I've gotten a couple of paper cuts on my hand before and been worried about it. Really? Uh, yeah, one actually on my on my index finger on my throwing hand one week that I had to pay really close attention to during the week, and thankfully it kind of healed up by by game day. But it was actually right down the middle of my uh, index finger. You opened up some mail or? Yeah, and it got I think you? that's what it was. Yeah, or something. It was, it, and so yeah, you have to you have to think about those kind didn't of things. Didn't appear on the injury report with it though. Yeah, sorry. Um, do you, do you, so do you not play basketball? I mean, you like to play basketball. I like do shooting you not, hoops. You just take you're just taking jumpers. Yeah, you're not, not playing gonna, five on five or one on one. No, I'm not going to do that stuff. A uh, couple more. Peter asks, uh, and Jonas, they both have the same question. Peter as Jonas, well. the Peter one of the Jonas, Jonas brother. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Um, they both ask a variation of the same question too, which is what happened to the slant pass. In this offense, it seems like the three-step game isn't what it used to be. Um, I think that's a good observation because I don't feel like I've seen the slant as much as I'm accustomed to from you guys. Is that are we wrong? Well, just the combination of a slant and a flat pattern is not a great cover two play, and that's that's the, the so, main thing. So another, not only are the two shell defenses that they're playing taking away some of the deep stuff, but the it's a, had an impact on you being able to do the quick slant stuff too. Well, it's just not a big, uh, you know, it's not a big concept that you're going to dial up against uh, against cover two. Okay, because they're in position to stop. But the plan's own coverage. The if there's own coverage, right. and you have a guy who's in the slant hole, and you have a guy who can cover the flat, the corner can cover the flat, outside backer cover the slant. So. Two more. Uh, John, I was wondering if you do anything to keep your voice in shape, like drink any special tea or anything, because whether or not you realize that your voice is yet another one of your impressive offensive weapons, the way you continually get guys to jump offside. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Great question again. I had some chicken broth on the sideline. I felt like I was... uh was getting going a little bit hoarse. Sometimes that happens uh, at the first very cold game of the season, and uh, had some um, throat lozenges at halftime uh, as well. Chicken broth on the sideline? I thought it was apple cider at first. To be honest with you, <laughs> uh, Don Raditz, our sound guy, gave it to me at the last minute. As I'm about to take a sip, he goes, "Oh, it's chicken broth." I'm like, "No." Oh. But then I thought about Don it. delivers chicken broth. Yeah. He delivers eye patches. He's uh, really helpful. Man of many talents. Jack of all trades. There, well done. But, so really, uh, that's I, I. I'm sorry. I think that's really interesting. I've always. I think your voice gets stronger throughout the year as well. Like early in the season, I find myself going uh, going hoarse uh, a lot quicker than than later in the season, and that's just uh, you know how your voice just kind of gets a little stronger. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, 
I thought that was really interesting. And then the last one comes from Derek. I heard Tony Dungy telling Dan Patrick that Peyton Manning would often come up to him with his own plays during the week and try to implement them. Uh, do you ever try to draw up your own plays and give them to Coach McCarthy to install into the game plan for the upcoming game? And if so, how well have they worked? Did Tony coach offense? Mm, no, he did not. Okay. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> Um, so you're saying if you had a defensive head coach, maybe you'd have a better chance? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I do come up with uh, a few every now and then, and, and uh, some of them gotten in, some get shot down. It's just, I mean, all the all the coaches, um, you know, have different things that they try and get in, and some get in and some don't, and some get changed a little bit. Uh, a couple of mine have stuck around, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, those are – those are fun to be a part of, but uh, you got to understand when you submit uh, something creative, you have to um, be okay with you know taking some sort of criticism or scrutiny on that play, and right. that's just that's just part of uh, you know part of the uh, the give and take. But it's fun to have an opportunity to kind of you know, hey, what about this? What do you think about this? And um, you know, if it can withstand the uh, you know the, the the Ben McAdoo test and then get past the Tom Clements test. <laughs> And then the tough one is the Mike McCarthy test because uh, especially if it's a late-in-the-week stuff, Mike doesn't want to put some last-minute stuff in, which makes sense. Um, but uh, we've gotten some stuff in. Do you do more in terms of tweaking plays that already exist yeah, I think to, that's, to that's, fit? What yeah, and it's a lot of times it's just to fit to either the way I call it or the way it hits my brain. If there's a new concept, I might ask for just a slight variance in the in the play call or maybe a, a different back check down based on something that I that – I, I like, or something that hits my brain a little bit better. So they're always really good about those things, and understand that I have, you know, a lot of reps, uh, you know, over the last eight years, and and so a play might come in and be called a certain way that doesn't quite hit me because maybe something in the old offense used to be called this, and um, they're always good about just a little minor tweak that doesn't affect the integrity of the play. Well, we'll do it again next week. I'll try and call the show by the correct name both times that I do it. We'll look back on the Bears game. We will look ahead to the Titans Ooh. as we roll down the stretch run here in advance of the postseason. Packers. Put some sweats on next week, too. It's a little cold outside. It was a little chilly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I appreciate you looking out for me. You bet. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.